Welcome to Record Roundtable, where we talk about the limited or full discography of a group or artist. We listen to it, we talk about it, we have a great time. This week we're talking about none other than the Rolling Stones. This is Caleb Robinson speaking, and I'm here with... I'm Daxor. Jared. And I'm Tyler. And Tyler. All right. So to start off, I'm going to list, because for the first week... Because we've actually consistently talked about the full discography of every group so far. But with the Rolling Stones, there are 23 LPs. 23! <laughs> and that is not a number that we could handle in any way, shape, or form. So I have cut it down. There's there's a little bit of method to the madness. But this week, we're going to be talking about the Rolling Stones debut album. Talking about Out of Our Heads, Aftermath, Between the Buttons, Beggar's Banquet, Let It Bleed, Sticky Fingers, Exile on Main Street, Some Girls, and Tattoo You. How are we feeling? It's a lot of music. It's a lot of music. A lot of songs. I made a bit of an error. Did you? I was listening to the Roger Stones. The <laughs> <laughs> How many albums the dis- of Roger Stones did you listen to? The disgruntled to? former advisor of President Donald Trump. I listened to him and it, yeah? I made a huge error. Oh, no. <laughs> was his music pretty good, though? It wasn't music. It was spoken word, and he just screamed the whole time. <laughs> what did the sc- were the screams rhyming, Jared? No, they did not rhyme. They weren't. Oh no, they weren't Shel Silverstein. Can we take can we take his screams and put it to some some bluesy guitar? Oh, I'd like to hear that. That's about like what the Rolling Stones were anyway. Just scre- just a screaming politician with some bluesy guitar. Right. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get straight into what we're going to talk about, probably predominantly throughout this. Just going off the vibe of the room, we did not have as much fun with the Rolling Stones as we have with other weeks. Other weeks, we talked about Modest Mouse, we talked about the Beatles, we talked about Nirvana. Those are the only three weeks we've done so far. And thus far, this has been the group that we have enjoyed, for some reason, the least. And I want to talk about what is the reason that we as listeners just didn't really like listening to the Rolling Stones as much. Who wants to start? Nobody wants to jump on this topic. Not all at once. <laughs> I. <clears throat> it's a tough, and it's okay. It's it's tough to actually like critique a band because we feel like we're like shitting on the Rolling Stones. But no, that's, I don't care about that. You don't care I about think... that. I don't. I I never have really liked them very much. I've never been into it. I understand that people do, mm-hmm. but I am not into bluesy rock that much. Sure. And the Beatles are better than them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't know. I did not have a fun time. Well, why didn't you have a fu- like? What? What were? I know this. This is this is real touchy feely. What did you get out of listening to like a Stones album? Did you get anything out of it, or did you just feel like you were like spinning your wheels when you were listening to it? I did not get much out of it. Did not get. Much I didn't out enjoy of it. very much of this of the songs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I don't know if it's because I've listened to three weeks of three other weeks of other groups and enjoyed it more or if I'm burnt out after the stones which I don't think that's the case mm-hmm. or if I just saw a group that I've never really liked that much and then knew I had to listen to nine of their albums yeah was it nine or ten I don't know officially too ten. many uh, too many too many I only listened to nine yeah because wow. you didn't you didn't finish number nine. Uh, Number nine, number <laughs> nine. You didn't finish tattoo you all the way through, right? Right. Oh, let's go ahead and play that game. What? Where did everybody cheat this week? First album. 
<laughs> they didn't listen to the debut and uh gonna go ahead and spoil it for you you didn't miss much no well you did what did you miss you missed play with fire which is the best song really all the way up until you get to let it bleed uh, you think so yeah that's a that's a pretty large statement I like that song. And part of the reason I'll admit that part of the reason I like it is because it was on the soundtrack for Wes Anderson's Darjeeling Limited, which is an amazing soundtrack. Ooh. And it was on there and it fits perfectly and it just it feels good. So hold on. You said that that's the only song that you enjoyed up to Let It Bleed? Yes. So you didn't like anything well, from Out of I Our Heads, also, Aftermath, Between the Buttons, or Beggar's Banquet? I did also like. What did I say? See, now I can't even remember. What did you say? Paint it black. Well, we'll get there. No, I, I, like, there. I do not like paint it black. Oh, we're getting to it now. I think we are. We're no, getting, we we're don't like it. Now. I do not like it. I do not like it. I do not like it. Sam, I am. I'm okay. No, I, just, I just don't like. I'm it. okay with all of their hit songs. I have no issue with their hit songs. I have sure. no issue with uh, satisfaction, paint it black, uh, sympathy for the devil, mm-hmm. beast of burden. I love. I mean, there's a lot of their songs I I like. They're hit machines. Yeah, they're hits I'm cool with. But the rest, well, in my mind, are filler. But not most people like the Stones and they disagree with me, and that's cool. I'll, I'll agree with you, Jared, because here's the deal with me on the Rolling Stones. Yep. When I was a younger, a younger boy, Yeah, I purchased one Rolling Stones CD. That was a double, double CD. I bought 40 licks. Okay. Which is all of the good, worth listening to Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. And I did like, I mean, I liked most of those, but... That's one of their compilation albums? Yeah, it's a compilation album. They only have like a million, so... Oh, yeah. Well, it's like one of their most... I mean, I I thought it was one of their most like widely known ones, but I don't know. But it was. I agree with Jared that all all the other songs on all these albums, aside from the ones that would be found on said compilation of that nature, Mm -hmm. are filler. And I feel like they have one token blues song and one token country song on Ugh. every album. Can we talk about the country now? Or do, Okay, we got to pick one. We got to talk about either Paint It Black or we got to talk about country because I can go let's all... Talk all about, let's talk about... I'm down to talk about country if you guys are. Okay, we'll start with country and then we'll we'll move back and we'll talk about Paint It Black. Sure. Okay, we'll transition it. Don't worry. I cannot stand their country music. It is oh. frustrating to me that they thought that it would be a good idea to put on their music like any of their albums, every single time that a country track came onto one of their albums, I just got frustrated. Even, it's even not, they're not woman. good, but also dear, like I dear doctor like the- was not good. I did not have fun with that song. Uh, my least favorite Rolling Stone song is on some girls and it is far away eyes. I cannot stop talking about far away. Oh, eyes. that song, that song is not good. It's, it's straight up garbage song. And I'm going to play I a can, little bit of far away eyes. Here we go. I didn't listen to it all. It's just immediate. I'm immediately mad as soon as it comes on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Are they serious? No, I don't think that they are. I think that they're, regardless of if they're serious or not, though, there's, two, there's so there's two options. Either they're serious and they want to incorporate like a country western sound to their like bluesy rock kind of sound, which would make a little bit of sense, or they're just shitting on country music. And either no, way, why would you put that on your, why would you put that on your album? Why All would right, you, I've why got- would you make that into something that you like is a part of your major like music? 
there's two things for it. Yeah. One, they put country on almost every album. Almost there's every country, album. There's a country song. And it doesn't have to be as country as this one, but mm-hmm. there's like a country, there's a twang song on all of them. And if you listen close enough to some of the like the dub guitar tri- like tracks on this stuff, yeah. there's country bits in like half their songs. Yeah. So they have this like thing that they can, they put a little country in there too. And it's like the, you know, their style. It's, but also, it's strange. It is. But this album, I don't know if you want to talk about this album, but I find it really hard not to like just relay one complaint into another complaint. It's like they just rolled together. <laughs> this album is, I have two songs I really like on it. Which album? Some Girls. Okay, Some Girls. Okay. Just want to make sure that we were on the same page. Go ahead. Beast of Burden's good song. Yeah. Oh, and I, I, I like this. I liked Some Girls, the album. Did I mean, you? The song. Yeah, except for the lyrical content is like god awful. It's okay. terrible. Yeah. But like this whole album is like date rape. Ooh. Mm. It's I not, mean it's yeah, Beast of Burden is probably my favorite song, but there's there's some weird spots on this album. And I I think that they have a lot of songs that give me that feeling sometimes. Like the one that comes to mind is uh Bitch from Sticky Fingers. You know, like, mm-hmm. There were a few off that album if I remember. And then there's another one. There's a, oh, it's is it Dumb Girls? Is that the name of the song? Mm-hmm. Or stupid girls, so, yeah, that stupid girls, stupid girls. Which which album is Stupid Girls on? That was early, I think. Right? I thought it was early. Maybe it was on Aftermath. Yep, Stupid Girls was on Aftermath. It was right after Painted Black. Mm-hmm. It was. It's just weird. It's yeah. like the the. I don't. I mean, I guess it's the late sixties, early seventies, and I guess that's fine then. But it still gives you a bad taste. Yeah, but it, in some girls in the Beatles just wanted to kiss girls. Oh well, no, they had some songs like that too. Yeah, I know. Go ahead, Paul. <laughs> You're saying about some girls. They're in '78. They're singing about the same thing. It's just, it's just like, yeah. I'm like, how? I don't know why you. I don't know if I feel like some girls. It seems like it's '78, and they're like, hey, listen up. I don't know if people are listening to this anymore. So let's just try to sing songs that are controversial and write a country song that makes fun of country by the music and makes fun of country by all the lyrics regarding religious things that country people listen to. It's, I don't know. I just felt like some girls was a lot less nuanced as compared to their other albums. I think that there's a really good cohesion to a, like not all of their albums by any means, but they're, they're, proper best albums because when it comes down to it not to like get too deep into other thoughts they really had a lot of momentum from beggar's banquet to exile on main street and those are really the four essential rolling stones albums everything else isn't bad it has good moments on it and there are good tracks on other ones but really we could have just listened to beggar's banquet let it bleed sticky fingers and exile main street and i think that we would have gotten everything we needed out of this oh yeah basically and just to think about the fact that, like, because the reason that I picked the albums that I did are really they're the kind of universal, like, best albums of the group. They're not necessarily, like, th- I, there might be some some differences. Like, some people might like Black and Blue better. Some people might like Rolling Stones 2 better. Um, some people might even like their Satanic Majesty's Request a little bit better. But the ones that I picked were pretty close to the universal most liked ones. But those are the ones that people like really love those are that was their 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 stride was from 68 to 72 i Um, guess i always also see where i mean when i look back over the some of the album titles and the cover on that mm -hmm. i guess it's like when you think about it they were kind of the pushier band in terms of like taboo ish but i've just never seen them that way so they're just like as i'm listening today it doesn't make sense to me right 
before I get to my big question, let's talk about Painted Black. We said we were going to talk about Painted Black. Yeah, what are we going to say about Painted Black? Why do? Why is it that you don't like it, Tyler? I, it, I think part of it is just context. Context. I've just I've just heard it so many times, mm-hmm. and I've never thought. I just never. I don't know. I just never thought it was that great. And I, I take. I don't know. I take issue with that song for one specific reason, and I it's not. I don't know if it's a fair reason or not, but it, it is what it is. I don't like Paint It Black because it's really their their most overplayed song, and it is a gross representation of what the Rolling Stones are. The fact that people think that Paint It Black is like they're like, oh yeah, that's what the Rolling Stones sound like. No, it's not. No. That's not what they sound like at all. That was no. aftermath was when they were taking kind of like they were playing with that psychedelic sound that was really popular in the mid 60s they wanted to see what they could do with it they didn't do they did okay i think aftermath was way better than out of their uh, out of our heads or the debut both of which i was not a fan of at all and we can get into that if we want to but they were trying something different they were trying something new and the whole the whole point of paint it black was that they were experimenting with the psychedelic sound that was not their sound and so the fact that no. people really like that sound is indicative of the fact that people don't like if you if your favorite rolling stones song is paint it black you don't really like the rolling stones you just like a sound that they put out right and i don't think the rest of the album even sounds that much like paint it black not really no no. well that is my favorite song by the rolling stones right i don't really like the rolling stones that much So what's your reason for really liking the song? So I play the ukulele. Well, I play a lot of instruments, but I, I like ukulele kinda, is your big boy. I love the ukulele, and I was practicing this uh, triple strum, where you basically you do three strums in uh, one movement, mm-hmm. and that is the perfect song to practice on. So I've played that song thousands of times. Right. Didn't like it that much at first. I you played it so play much so that I, I love oh. it now. Uh, that one's my favorite. I, the funny thing is, is that Painted Black is not only not my favorite Rolling Stones song, it's not even my favorite song on Aftermath. I think Under My Thumb is my favorite song on Aftermath. Oh, definitely. That's mine on Aftermath, too. Yeah. I really like that song. It's it's a good song. There's some good stuff in some of their early tracks, but again, it's it's scattered is the problem with their, their early stuff. Is that There are some good songs, and I like quite a few songs like on aftermath again like if i remember right aftermath was the first album where they had them writing their own music they weren't doing covers they weren't having somebody else write their music it was them I'll actually what, writing their own music that's interesting because i was about to compare it to rubber soul since rubber soul came out in late 65 yeah hit it and i'm like hmm rubber soul is definitely better than aftermath yeah, I would. I mean, I would agree with that. And I, you could also compare it to Between the Buttons because Between the Buttons is really where they kind of play with that folksy, rootsy sound a little bit more, rather than mm-hmm. just having that kind of blues rock sound. A lot of people are, you know, there's a thing between the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. And I just feel like the Rolling Stones were, were like following a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But I also think I think part of what I don't like about them, there's two things that I don't like about it, is that I don't find a lot of dynamic in it. Okay. I, f- I feel like I could listen to like you know I uh, to be honest with you until Ted, until we listened to this I didn't know that Start Me Up was a song from 1981. No, I didn't either. That was kind of surprising to me as well because I think that you I, sometimes you don't realize that a lot of their songs like from Tattoo You are not part of their earlier work. 
Right. Because Tattoo You is really kind of their last proper album that really had that actually like good stone sound. There's another six albums that came after it and none of them have like the same kind of like critical acclaim as the rest of their music. So like Tattoo You is kind of their last gasp, I guess. Right. So I, I just don't feel that it's very dynamic. But I also I don't like Mick Jagger. He's I don't think he's that good of a singer. I think his range is really limited mm-hmm. and it's just hard to listen to him. He doesn't really sing well or anything. And the, and all of their like all of the lyrics, all of the notes and the vocals follow the melody of the music. Mm-hmm. There's no there's nothing different between what you're singing and what's being played. Right. Most of the time. That calls back to start me up. That's exactly how that song sounds. Right. And it's just it's just boring. And I think a great example, his lack of range is the opening to Ruby Tuesday. Let's let's do a little bit of the opening from Ruby Tuesday. She would never say where she came from. Yesterday don't matter if it's gone. Yeah, he's just not a clean singer. <laughs> no, I mean when he said listen to that low note. It didn't hit. It didn't. It didn't no. land. Uh, I, which is funny because my favorite song on Between the Buttons is "Cool, Calm, and Collected" because it just sounds really silly, and I, it's like one of the few times where I like enjoy that kind of silly sound from a group. Mm-hmm. Um, but like his vocals on that, let me see if I can find the the exact part of "Cool, Calm, and Collected." But when he like when he says "Cool, Calm, Collected," it just sounds hilariously bad and it it, it kind of got me i i kind of liked it honestly so i'm gonna play a little bit of cool calm and collected it's just yeah the reason that i really don't like it is because his vocals are something that he's like he's really putting it on and so it makes me sometimes wonder how much of his vocals are just him putting it on and not him actually like I don't know, actually singing and actually trying to put out like a solid artistic work. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's indicative. So I'll go ahead and go around the table on this. This will, because we got to have some positivity around here. Uh, Favorite Rolling Stones song. Yours is Painted Black Dice. Yeah, I already said mine. Beast of Burden. Beast of Burden. That's my answer. All right. We're going to play a little bit of Beast of Burden. I don't really know why I like that song so much. I mean, my uncle showed it to me years ago, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know much by the Stones. And he was like, "Okay, here's a song you might like," and he showed it to me. I'm like, "This is really good. It's a, it's a real, uh, beautiful, um, love song." I just don't know what a beast of burden is. I don't know. I, I wish I knew what he was saying. I mean, I'm sure I could do some research, but I like not knowing. If I remember I, right, I actually, I think actually that Beast of Burden is a song that was... I could be totally wrong, so I might just be making shit up. I think that Beast of Burden was a song that was written by one of the other... like, like I think it was the guitarist, if I remember right. Ooh, the guitarist. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think it was Keith Richards. It might have been Keith Richards. I'm on it. Do you know the story? It was uh, Jagger Richards, it says. But. Jagger Richards. Oh, was it? Okay, so they were actually writing a love song to the rest of the band, 
Like it's a song where he's like apologizing to the band uh, for like the way that he acted and, and being a beast of burden to the rest of the band. So it's like a love song, but it's actually a love song that's written to like the members of the group. So he's the beast of burden. Yeah, but a beast of burden carries everyone. Is it? Well, maybe he yeah. got it wrong. A beast, of, a beast of burden is an animal, usually domesticated, that like labors for the benefit of man, maybe, such as an ox. Maybe or he a was horse. saying, "Maybe I'm sorry, I'll never carry you because I, I can't do enough. I'm not good enough." Because he's not. Or maybe they're the beast of burden and they're carrying him. Ooh. Ooh. So somebody can recorrect what the story of beast of burden is, but I, I remember there being a story to that song and I cannot remember for the life of me exactly what it was. So I'm probably just making shit up, but it is interesting that your favorite song is on one of their later albums. He said that, uh, he wrote the song to thank, um, Mick Jagger. Okay. He said, thanks man for shouldering the burden. That's why I wrote beast of burden for him. I realize in retrospect. Okay, so it was it was a love song from Richards to Jagger. Well, he also said Mick Jagger says lyrically this wasn't particularly heartfelt in a personal way. It's a soul begging song, an attitude song. Oh, so I don't so think he, didn't he knows. Even, he didn't. He didn't like that love. Huh? I don't think he knows. Yeah, he sang it though. So I don't know. I think it's about a woman. That's what I think. Uh, you know, we we can all have our own. It's about loving an ox. There you go. Loving an Ox is what that song is about. That's exactly right. Uh, Tyler, what's your favorite song? I think, <clears throat> out of what we listen to, especially, I think my favorite is Gimme Shelter. You know what? You know what? What? Gimme Shelter is my favorite as well. Oh, man. We got, uh, we had we had 10 albums to listen to, and me and you picked out the same damn song. Now, there you go. How can you do it? How can you do it? I'll play a little bit of Gimme Shelter. And you know why I think that that is my favorite song from them? Why is that? Well, because of the same thing that we've been talking about is the fact that his vocal range is just not as like dynamic as what other mm-hmm. singers are. And on this song, it's not just him singing. Right. <laughs> and so uh, Mary Clayton is the vocals who are on this song. And Mary Clayton right. is like a soul singer. Um I think that she's most notably for this specific song. Um, But her vocals are what put this song so over the top for me. And that it's that it, it makes it feel like a much more dynamic and different song from the rest of their discography um, where they allow like, I I just feel it feels like a song that's much bigger than the rest of their music. I would agree. I think part of the reason I like it the most, too, is when I think about all the complaints I just had, Mm -hmm. I think that this song exhibits almost none of them. I agree. I agree. There's none of that twang, none of that country twang. It's a little more different. The vocals aren't the same as the, you know, the the stuff we're hearing in the music. It's a little deeper. There's a little more going on. They kind of experimented with a little bit different guitar sound. Yeah. It just does a little more for me. It does a little more for me as well. There are other songs, of course, that I like across their their discography because I would be really sad if I listened to ten albums and I only liked one song. But that was that was definitely the one that has I, that was the one that stood out to me last year when I was going through some of their albums the most, and nothing topped it. So, um, but this will 
this is where I wanted to, to go with the big question because I think all of us will have some thoughts on this. And I think that it's probably the biggest question that we can ask given the the stance that we have. When you look at the music that was being released in you know the 60s and the early 70s, um, there was always kind of a... It seemed like there was always a group who was above the Rolling Stones. So in the early... There are the early to late sixties. It was the Beatles. The beat like you could not have a band that would beat the Beatles at that time. And the Stones were making music and they were doing a good job, but they didn't exactly cut it. And then in like the early seventies, after the Beatles era kind of died off, it was kind of more of the Zeppelin era, I would argue. So the Stones really still just weren't like the number one band. And even today, I just don't think that the legacy of the Rolling Stones has, lev- has lived on in the same way as what other groups of that time are. So what is it about the Rolling Stones and their sound that just hasn't stayed in the mainstream aside from the name of a magazine, really? Like their sound, no, that's, that's the sound doesn't on, really list. They yeah. named that band after Bob Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone, uh-huh. right? Uh, it was after Muddy Waters. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Cut that out. <laughs> you, can, you can be wrong on the podcast. I can't. Who cares? You can be wrong. I'm not cutting it out. I, I made some bullshit about uh, the song that you wanted to listen to, Beast of Burden. I just I could be wrong made up a also. story. I think it's right? Rolling Stone by uh, Muddy Waters. Is it? I think so. All, my point is, is that like people only know Rolling Stones because of the like, because most people are probably like, oh yeah, the magazine's named after the band, right? And it's right. like, well, there's a lot more going on in the whole Rolling Stone thing than just the band, but not right. the point. The legacy of the Rolling Stones, I feel like, has not lived on musically, and the impression, like, let's let's we'll go back to the Beatles, which because it's impossible not to talk about the Beatles when you're talking about the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. The Beatles have such a legacy that has lived on for decades, and the Stones just haven't had the same. We're mainstream. all wrong and right. Okay, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I think it's in, uh... in this. Uh, Discussion uh, from the uh, Jan uh, Wenner, the um, I assume that this is person that started Beast of Burden. Still, no, no, this is about the Rolling Stones. Oh, okay, go ahead. It the the name of it is Rolling Stone, which comes from an old saying: an old a Rolling Stone gathers no moss. Okay, no mass, no mass, no mass, uno mass. Muddy Waters used the name for a song he wrote. The Rolling Stones took their name from Muddy Waters' song. Like a Rolling Stone was the title of Bob Dylan's first rock and roll record. We have begun a new publication reflecting what we see are the changes in rock and roll and the changes related to rock and roll. We are all correct. Wow. And incorrect, because it was based on the saying, which everyone (laughs) took from the saying. Wow. That's a lot going on. He said Muddy Waters. I said uh, Bob Dylan. Dylan. I said said the Rolling Stones specifically. So we're all right and wrong. Nope, Tyler, you're the most wrong. You're the smartest of us all to not say. <laughs> I just, anything. yeah, I didn't want to. I, I mean, I didn't want to tell you that the phrase is what it was, and want to hurt you. So, does anybody have any thoughts on my big question? Yeah, I think uh, I really, I think it's because they they didn't have a specific sound that mm. was like kind of one sound that they could tailor and then move with over time. I mean, right. once Rubber Soul came out you knew what the Beatles sound was going to be. And they just kind of played with it and tinkered over the course of the next four years, which but you was always like knew six that it was or the seven Beatles albums. Sound. But I the don't... stones, I think there's always something like, for instance, on their first couple albums, I really heard them channeling not only like just straight blues almost, but I heard mm-hmm. a lot of like that sixties garage rock sound that I really love. 
Yeah. But it just didn't, it didn't do anything for me. I think that in all of the types of music they try to be, I can find better examples of those types that are more worth listening to. Like for Garage Rock Sound, I would much rather listen to the, to them, which was a Northern Irish uh, garage rock, blues rock band that Van Morrison was in before mm-hmm. he went solo mm-hmm. is a way better example of that type of music. And they're just not insane blues guys either. So, no, you know, then they get a little bit of country and they get a little bit of this and that. And I think that just mixed with really in between hits, not great songwriting. You know, people just, they know who they are because they know all the populars. They don't, I don't, I doubt that you would find someone who's not a really big Rolling Stones fan who can name a lot of deeper tracks in some of those albums. Yeah. I don't understand. So the debate between the Stones and the Beatles has been a thing. And I, <laughs> after doing what we've done, where we listen to all the Beatles and we listen to all the Stones, or at least the majority of the Stones that are important, I do not see where that comparison is even valid. Like the oh, I, Beatles I are far superior in every way imaginable. Why are people saying the Stones are better? Well, the thing is, is that, and I, th- I think that because I really don't want this to be a total like we're gonna shit on the Rolling Stones, but I understand why it is what it is. But I do want to speak to some of their like s- some of their strengths. For one, they were really driving that guitar rock sound, and that's that that's both a a, a blessing and a curse for them. Because that guitar rock sound that they had was something that was really kind of brand new in the early 60s. And they did that really well. I think that that was, um, again, I I actually really like Let It Bleed and I really like Sticky Fingers. Those are two very, very good albums. Mm -hmm. I think that Exile on Main Street is a a really good album as well. Not quite as on par. And I think The Beggar's Banquet is also pretty good, but not quite as good as Exile on Main Street, if I could put them in order. Um, I'd have to stick with those two as the top as well, I think. Well, they're just they're superior albums and they're they have mm-hmm. more cohesion and they are they're driving they're driven by the the guitar rock that they have. And right. it's that bluesy like guitar sound that just was not popular at that time and True. that is what they did best. And the thing is is that that sound is two things. One, not popular today. Nobody really wants to listen to that heavy driven blues rock guitar sound. And that's why I don't think that their sound has really translated into the popular music of today, the same way that like a pop sound for the Beatles did. And two, in terms of the sound that they had back then, it once again was not the sound that people were really looking for or looking for, but there are people out there who are. So people who are saying, oh, the Rolling Stones are better than the Beatles, are people who are more driven by that guitar bluesy sound, and it's just what they're looking for. It's just clearly not what we're looking for as listeners. And it's not for everybody. And it also gets into, it's hard to imagine, I think, what it was like in the time period when that was a more of a legitimate discussion, like the mid to late 60s, where you could actually have a debate over who you think is better. And that was actually a big deal. And it comes, like, for instance, this is like a little... uh, a little story. I don't know the re- uh, you know how real it is, but for instance, sure. Johnny Ramone preferred Rolling Stones over the Beatles, and it was it was supposedly known that he would go to Beatles concert and throw rocks at them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's just like okay, well, you know, and the Ramones, the birth of the Ramones, as we know, is a seventy four, seventy three to seventy four, you know, situation. But he was a Stones fan, not a Beatles fan. He just didn't like them. So and it was legitimate during that time. And when you look at they, it, was very much a tit for tat thing. Like, which album were we talking about earlier from '67? Between the buttons. Uh, 
No, it was we didn't cover it today. Oh, their Satanic Maj- Majesty's request. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was, I mean, that album. The the story behind the cover art is that's a, that's a spinoff poking the poking the uh, eye of Sergeant Pepper's. Oh yeah, that's pretty deliberate, I would say. Right. Yeah, it absolutely was. I mean, it was intended that kind of a, it was a there was definitely a rivalry back and forth between them anyway and whether it was whether it was like a thing to sell records or whether it was something legitimate mm-hmm. you know is something is not something that was known to the public at the time i wouldn't think so yeah i i, I could i can understand where today removed from that looking at it and being like yeah the beatles are clearly better because the beatles determined their own sound changed their sound put out different sounds and you know told you know kind of change the way that you can utilize various instruments in, in pop and rock music. And the stones didn't really do that very much, but yeah, at the time it was just a lot different. Well, I do, I do think I, and again, I want to give them some credit because they do deserve the credit that they have earned over their long careers. They did develop quite a bit, their sound and in terms of like, if you listen to the debut, this is just my opinion, but the debut was garbage. I hated their debut album because of the fact that it was just a bunch of covers and it was a bunch of stuff that was not original music and they weren't doing it better than what the original music was. They were just kind of doing it. It was a cover album. Right. That's all it was. Yeah. yeah um, it wasn't it wasn't good, I'll agree. And Walking the Dog's no good. No Walking the Dog is no good. It was it was no teal album. <laughs> Stop trying to get oh. on this Weezer Teal album <laughs> bullshit. And what's funny is Walking the Dog was probably my favorite song on that album, but it doesn't mean that I liked that song. It just means it was probably the best song out of that album. I just generally didn't like that album. Um, out of Our Heads was a, a little bit better. It still is just a bunch of covers and doesn't really have a lot going for it. Fastball did it better. <laughs> Thank you, Fastball. It does have Play With Fire, though. Mm. But their songwriting does it does deviate a little bit. It starts to have, you know, it's not always great. Like, The Spider and the Fly is one of their original songs off of that album, and it was... Not not good. I like uh, Boris the Spider better by the Who. Oh, there you go. See, if we're doing Spider songs, that's the Spider song we want to play. You want you want to play a little There's bit. There's also a band called Spider that has a song called uh, "Better Be Good to Me" that was later covered by Tina Turner, and that song's very good. And Paul Rudd one time uh, lip synced to it on Lip Sync Battle on Jimmy Fallon. So wow. there you go. That's a lot of really weird, unspecific, and unrelated spiders that you had you there. Got spidered, yo. <laughs> just you, you just got spidered. So they played with the sound, like we talked about. We They played with the whole psychedelic sound on Aftermath, and then they played with more of a folksy sound on Between the Buttons, and then they kind of found their sound on Beggar's Banquet, and then they just didn't really change it from there. So it was like four albums where it was really good, and then it just kind of died off. They had they had highlights like Tattoo You, but they it was more songs that were highlights rather than them being able to ever like really change and become more dynamic from what they were doing what what do you think yeah. of sympathy for the devil do we like that song i mean it's that's a good it's a fine song it's a i fine like that note. song let's let's get a little bit of a refresher on old sympathy for the devil one of, one of their better ones there's a guy that performed this song karaoke he's done it twice now and uh man it's you do not do eight minute long songs in karaoke that is just rude bad karaoke etiquette bro I, I like Sympathy for the Devil. I think that, like, because, again, this is, like, the first track off of Beggar's Banquet. It makes a, a big statement of, like, we've got a different sound. This is what we're going to be going with forever now. Yeah, I like this little guitar licks towards, once they start to get in the jam towards the end, too. Yeah. 
I, and I think you his know, vocals is pretty good. his vocals are actually really clean and come out really mm-hmm. well on that track. You know another song I like mm-hmm. off of uh, Tattoo You. Yeah, what's up? It might be my favorite song off of Tattoo You potentially. I like Waiting on a Friend. That's a nice little song. You know what? I don't think that song really stood out to me. It's the last track. Mm-hmm. Let's play it a little bit. Got a pretty pleasant guitar riff to it. Well, I mean, it was the last yeah, song on the last album that we listened to, so it's like kind of stood out on if, its own. If it's yeah, if it if I didn't hate it at the very end, I guess that's good. I think my favorite think, one off uh, of Tattoo You was Slave. Oh, I didn't like that one. I don't think you didn't like Slave. No, that's all right. I like Brown Sugar too. That's a good one. Brown Sugar. I like I like the vocals in Brown Sugar for some reason. Which one's Brown Sugar off of? Is that on uh, Sticky Fingers? Oh, title track to Sticky Fingers. It's like the old. It's like they have really good ti- like uh, not title uh, opening tracks. They really do. They have both really good opening tracks and really good closing tracks. That was what stood mm-hmm. out about Let It Bleed. I mean, I don't think that the like the middle of it like is filler or anything in, in terms of that album. But I think Gimme Shelter and You Can't Always Get What You Want. Yes, mm-hmm. open and close the shit out of that album. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, if, yeah, if so you're going to book in an album, that is how you book in an album. I'm going to play a little bit of Brown Sugar, though. I think that... Another long intro, everybody. I was going to I was going to say, I think that they're... But that's the thing, though, is I don't actually mind the long intros on them. I think other other bands that would be bothered by it. But again, they're such a heavily guitar-driven mm-hmm. band that it's kind of a necessity to really... like. I think that the highlight of the Rolling Stones is often their guitar riffs over yeah. the vocals. Mm-hmm. So, like, focus on what oh, you easily. got. So, I easily. Know. I would easily say that's the case. I found a thing, you guys. <laughs> he found a thing, and I, I like it quite a bit. Uh, so first off, I'm going to play a little bit of Wild Horses from Sticky Fingers, and then we're going to play a little bit of a clip. You don't dig that, Tyler? I don't know. I just don't think so. That might be my favorite of their country songs. That that twangy sound? Yeah, that twangy. I would agree with that, actually. Um, right. So Supposited here's, country. Here's that clip. Uh, you want to introduce this, Jared? This is from the Tim and Eric uh, Billion Dollar Movie, and it's called Two Horses. Just That is definitely inspired by the Rolling Stones. Holly G, that sounds familiar. Oh, golly gee, we is. That's Amy Mann. Is it Amy Mann? Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Mm, yeah, that is good, Amy Mann. Do you think that she knew that it was totally like a reference to Rolling oh, Stones? Yeah, I'm sure that Tim Heidecker wrote that, most likely. 
Oh yeah, that's that's true. He writes lots of songs. Oh, Tim is so good. Can we talk about Tim Heidecker like real quick? Since yeah. We're, since we're here, I like him. I loved the Donald Trump album. Did you ever listen to that, Tyler? No. Oh, I'll it's, have to give it a listen. Listen to uh, what's the song that Father John Misty covered, Jared? Trump's pi- private pilot. Yeah, Trump's private pilot is a really right. really good song. The album is called Number Two on there. Too dumb for played. suicide. Tim Heidecker's uh, Trump album. Trump songs. There, the song specifically that I really like on there, we don't, we're obviously not going to play it because that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, Trump talking nukes is like you wouldn't think that a comedian making an album about the president being terrible would be quality music. Trump talking nukes is a legitimately really, really good song. So just going to throw that out there. Tim Heidecker, you the best. I don't know. Great job. Trump's private pilot's not bad. It's no, it's not bad at all. There's a reason Father John Misty covered that song, and I, I, it's because it's a good song. Um, Dax, I'm gonna throw something to you because I, I think this is a good time to do it. Let's hear it. Not, not the thing that you're holding off on. Okay, I, yeah. I know you're still working on it. Uh, you want to talk about some of the other clips that we want to talk about with Rolling Stones now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rolling Stones, they have inspired many a people not, because they have inspired some people because they've got some importance. Not, not, not just the 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 little clip we just played. Right. Uh, you want to break into some Ed Sheeran? So am I playing Ed Sheeran first? Yeah, let's play a little Ed Sheeran. Let's see how Ed Sheeran sounds. All right, sure. He's a puppet in that music video. That was Sing by Ed Sheeran. And uh, that just sounds familiar, doesn't it? Uh, you know what? I think it just might. What What would that maybe sound like? Well, well, why don't you play some Rolling Stones? I'd love to. And that's such a like that's thievery. That's thievery. <laughs> and that's like such a direct vocal. Like those those vocals sound so similar that it has to be intentional. That is spot on. Yeah, it's got to be. Oh yeah, I know. I heard it right off the Stones. Go. I don't know. Yeah, it's miss you. Just so the listeners have a yeah a good yeah. concept. It what's funny such though? A weird song. What's funny though is uh, that's Dex. That's not the only one. Now is it? That is not the only one. Which one are we? Uh, Let's play some Rolling Stones. Let's uh, listen to Shake Your Hips. I would love to do that. Oh, didn't that sound familiar? Oh, did it, Dax? Did it sound familiar? It sounded a little like ZZ Top. Oh. What would that track be? Uh, LaGrange. And, like, the funny thing is, is that it even kind of comes in at that, like, kind of low tone. Yeah. Like, it has not, to be. Not like, quite full blown. Like, they're. 
No, yeah. that, that's not a Stone song. That's a cover. Uh, the Stones version just sounds identical to ZZ Top. Crazy. I Whatever, know, right? dude. ZZ Top was in stereo. Oh, you're going to play that game where you try to defend people who sound the same? So, get a little yeah, extra so little. Get, get right out. The entire guitar part's in my left ear. The entire beginning. <laughs> and I also think I heard a little Oh, you, so you, you did hear the little tss. Okay. Is it? That little snare, that little snare. But wait, got a little snare. Oh, oh, oh! I'm sorry. What's up, Zax? There's more. I called you Zax by accident. Zax, that's okay. Dax. So, so what do we have up next, uh, old Caleb? Well, that's. Uh, I think that we have a song by the Colt. Okay, what song? It's Love Removal Machine. Well, let's hear that. Well, All golly right. gee, that sounded familiar. Did it, Dad? What did that sound like? Well, why don't we play a little bit of Rolling Stones Start Me Up? Would you looky there? Would you look E there? And this concludes this week's segment of That Sounds Familiar. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like the most? <laughs> You know what I like the most about ZZ Top? What's that? So they, you're familiar with the look of the group, correct? Oh, I thought it was going to be that they did a song with the Nickelback. Fa- oh, I've already got this. The fact that the two guys have long beards and that the other guy who doesn't have a beard's He's, last name is Beard. That's correct. <laughs> that's my favorite thing in the whole world. That's it. I but, have a lot to say about ZZ Top. Uh, we'll do a ZZ Top week. Okay. Let's talk some more about the Rolling Stones. Um, okay, so we had a couple requests from some people on the podcast. Uh, that we didn't want to say our favorite songs from all of the albums. Tyler, do you have a favorite song from every album? Not from everyone, no. Oh, wow. So not. I was the only one who had a favorite song from every album. Yep. Damn. Okay. Well, then I'll I call... I have a favorite song from a, from, a lot, <clears throat> from a lot of them, but not everyone. Okay. Well, I'll call out one specifically. Um, we did not hit very much on Exile on Main Street at all yet. Does anybody have a favorite song? On exile on Main Street, you know that uh, the Matchbox, the band Matchbox Twenty, their compilation album is called Exile on Mainstream. Oh, is it? Yeah. Look at this cover. Is that the same cover? Uh, it, it's got some similarities. So universally, think, we did not have a favorite song from this album. I think I'd have to choose "Stop Breaking Down" on that one. Okay, so this is but this is a have to choose. If I had to choose, I wasn't wowed by them, but I like, I really like the harmonica and the blues harmonica and they use it pretty good in that song. They, they actually, I, I like the incorporation of the harmonica every once in a while. I don't have like a specific mm-hmm. song that it really stood out on, but I, I like, I like every, every once in a while it comes in and I'm happy about it. I don't remember what this song sounds like at all, but my favorite song is Turd on the Run. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why I was gonna say it, man. That might be uh, that song is the shit. <laughs> you know what? I want to play a little bit. Turn on the run. actually didn't hate that at all 
Can I tell you how disappointed I was when I found out that it wasn't some type of an adaptation of Band on the Run? That's what I was poop. just thinking about. That would be great. <laughs> Turd on the Run. It could be. It could have been Turd on the Runs. Ooh. Ooh. Stop it! <laughs> this is not a poop show where we make poop jokes. All right, well, come on. That's why. Come on. That's why I signed up. Not just one. Just one. Just now, one. Like the whole year. Number two. <laughs> hey, their album. Their second album. Number two. Yes. Number nine. Ooh. Number nine. And, okay, so the whole point of what I was going to say is my favorite one off of that album was Tumbling Dice, but the I think the problem with that album was that it was just long. It was very it's long. It was a long Rolling Stones album, and their song, like their sound is good. I, th- I think that this is the true nature of the Rolling Stones, that their sound is really good in pieces. Just little, mm-hmm. t- little, little tastes. Of Rolling Stones just little, is nice. Just a little kiss of the musical. There it is. Little kiss, little kiss of Rolling Stones. I hate the noise of that. All of it. <laughs> I hate this. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just a little kiss of Rolling Stones. Just a pinch. Just a inch. pinch of Rolling Stones, and you're good. When you listen to nine albums straight, you recognize. Okay, so there's. They've got a pretty like consistent sound, almost to a fault. Yeah, where it's pretty easy to skip. You know. 20 second increments in songs and just say oh wow i basically listened to that mm-hmm. yeah and do that all album on some of them yeah and i think that's exile i really do, i actually do like exile but i think it's just because it's a consistent album there's nothing that stands out it's just kind of a consistently this this doesn't sound bad and when it was the case that i just listened to that album because i listened to that album last year like not when i was bl- blistering through all of the rolling stones albums and it stood out as a, a good album like it was long but it wasn't bad by any means i enjoyed it it's just when you're going through all of their music all at once some some bands just aren't good for going through all of their music because it's just too much. And this was the album that felt too much. So I, I'm going to break away for a second here because I'm talking to Rolling Stones fan Sandra. Oh, are you finally talking about I, this? I'm talking about oh, this. Oh, here we go. All right, everybody. So the Rolling Stones have an app where you can add friends and post pictures of the Rolling Stones, message other fans of the Rolling Stones. So I've been talking. Go to ahead it. and sell that real quick. Our sponsor is the Rolling Stones app. After all this time that we shit on them this whole time, <laughs> they're definitely going to sponsor us. Rolling <laughs> Stones app at iTunes stuff. Sure, sure. they're they're sponsors. Yeah, that's right. And probably on uh, in, your Android phones. Just look up the Rolling Stones. I'm pretty sure the first thing that's going to come up is their app. Go ahead. So Sandra, uh, she's 65, uh, and she used to spin 45 records in junior high school. Uh, her favorite is Exile on Main Street, and uh, she told me to go with God. I don't know what that means. That's how she ended the message. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but guess what? That's Thank not- <laughs> you, Lord. Exile on Main Street is not a 45. <laughs> you know, it's literally the opposite spin- of a no, 45. She's, she's when you 45. say she likes to spin 45s, it's clear that she only likes the the singles, which is what everyone likes and uh, only likes. We got you. What was her name? Sandra. Uh, Sandra. Sandra, we got you. Uh, yeah, go I by Forty Licks, Sandra. Spin Sandra that. Bullocks. <laughs> Bullocks. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that was maybe. You know. So I'm also talking to uh, Dylan. Yeah. Uh, I asked for some recommendations on his favorite albums. Sure. He listed every album. 
<laughs> that was the message. He just listed all of them. Even like the newer ones? <laughs> yeah, he listed all. This message is huge. 24 albums? I didn't count, but I think so. I like the idea of him leaving just one album off, and it's like <laughs> some girls or something like that. Right. Uh you're actually in communication with these people. Dad. I am. I'm talking with live. actual fans. He's live right talking no, to Rolling you are Stones not. fans. You are yeah. not live talking to right now. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm on the Rolling oh, Stones my. app right yeah, now. He's been saving this. This is this has been like the big moment that's been coming this, this is, whole time. <laughs> this is why I've been quiet. I've been talking to people. Did you did you try to like do a Beatles comeback to one of them or something and just see what happened? I haven't yet. I'm going to try that. Let, let, let's see what happens. I'll, I'll check back in. Wait, what are you going to do? I'm going to talk about the Beatles. I'm going to... Oh, they're not going to like that I, at all. That's the whole point. That's the point. Uh, we got to see. You, you cannot... For, there's no way that you're the only person who's spamming the Rolling Stones app for this. I don't believe there are many people using this app. You don't the, think so? I don't think so. Oh. The most recent post was an hour ago. The second most was like 11 hours ago. Same person. Oh, wow. So it's just this one Rolling Stones fan who's just... just a few. Yeah. Is it Sandra? Xander's one of them, yeah. Xander's <laughs> holding on hope that there's going to be more Rolling Stones fans. Too. Is this app new, though? I don't know. I saw it on their website. Yeah. Well, Rolling Stones, uh, get your shit together and really chill out that app, man. Speaking of chilling out, you. check out recordroundtable.com for all of our podcasts. On, uh, <laughs> check out our Spotify. Check out our iTunes. Check out us on Stitcher and Rolling Stones. Get your shit together. Talk about your app some more because we're doing it for you and you're not even fucking sponsoring us what are you doing rolling stones download app now stone rolls do it (laughs) that was a good ad they should use that clip i think that's what i thought i mean that's what gets the young people in words out of order and Mm. stuff Mm. where's our stuff okay so uh, tyler specifically while, while while dax does his thing sticky fingers let it bleed which one's better let it bleed you think let it bleed's better Oh yeah, for Con- me that's it. Convince me, because I can not decide between the two which one I liked better. I think it's Let I It do. Bleed, but I want to hear your reason for Let It Be Bleed being better. I knew you were gonna say. I knew I had a feeling this was coming up. Oh boy, you were ready for me. And I just really don't like the second half of Sticky Fingers that much. When I started, I was like, mm-hmm. "Well, okay." I'll admit the first one I listened to was Let It Bleed. Okay. For this week. And I'm like, oh, well, you yeah, started with Let It Bleed. One. I did. Ooh, so you went out of order this week. I have a question. I did go out of order In this week. In a second, let Tyler finish his thoughts. So I listened to it. I was like, okay. This Should is, be cutting this people is... off while they're like, like mi- not even mid-thought, but like we're actually having like a developed thing that we're talking about. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to shit on that. Let's talk about Two Horses some more. <laughs> no, I like how no you, I'm not talking about Two I like Horses. how you cut them off to say. I'm just yelling at Jared because okay. I love yelling at Jared. Go ahead, <laughs> okay. Tyler. Yeah, so I listened to Let It Bleed first, and I was like, okay, this is gonna this is gonna do it right here. And I was like, I, I you know, I recognize. I let me start with. I don't think I've ever listened to a whole Rolling Stones album. Sure, Let It Bleed, first one this week. I'm like, okay, I recognize the cover. I know Gimme Shelter. I'm yep. listening. I'm listening. I'm like, actually, this is this is pretty good. I didn't like Monkey Man that much. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. I I I got a thing for Monkey Man. I, I kind of like Monkey Man, but go on. So I'm like, okay. And then we get to Country Honk, you know, the 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 uh country closeted honk. give him a country song. And I thought it was not bad for their country song. It's got some fiddle in it that's okay. Yeah. I'm like, all right. So 
Got the sticky fingers, brown sugar. I'm like, all right, of course, this is a good one. Don't like wild horses. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Sure. Then you get to Can't bitch. you knocking is like, okay, Ooh. but it's just a song that I feel like for, I don't know why I've heard it so much, but I have, and I just, I don't want to listen to the chorus anymore ever. It's a long one. Knocking. And it like, is. It's seven minutes. It's like, it's a really good track. It's got some really good moments, but again, it's, it's one of those songs where it's kind of hard to believe that it even got as much attention as it did. It's got a really, really good guitar part to it. Pretty sure that it was on Guitar Hero. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna refer to Guitar Hero whenever I don't know what else to talk about because I'm a little that kid works. who likes video games. Uh, go ahead. So then, I mean, we're kind of coming down from there on you got him, just all right. And then by the time I get to bitch and all, just I don't like, and I really don't like Moonlight. And so the the whole second half of the album just didn't do anything for me. That's fair. I could see that. I, yeah, you know what? I think you got me. I think I got. I think you got me. There you go. Plus, I, I think part of it is the anticipation of like Sticky Fingers is really publicized as like the album, right? In my experience, and especially when you when you buy vinyl, like that thing's been reissued with all kinds of craziness. And so I'm like, okay, going into it, getting there, and it just didn't deliver. It just didn't. Yeah, so. I could see that. I so I think that because la- again, I've talked about this a million times. So I'll, I'll have to refer to it as much as I can because it just makes sense. Uh, last year when I was doing the music project that I did, I did um, two Stones albums throughout the year. And one of them was Exile, and that was the first one that I did. And again, since it was like, it was kind of, I had never listened to a full Stones album until uh, I listened to the full Exile on Main Street. And I dug it. I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed the, I liked their sound at that time. And it inspired me. I was like, you know, I'm going to listen to another one of their albums just to see, you know, like what all the hubbub is about with Rolling Stones, and mm-hmm. I did Let It Bleed, and that album blew me away. That was a really, really good album. It starts off it really strong, it ends really strong. The distinctive sound of Jagger, just like it, actually really keeps this the band together on this album specifically. It's just a good blues rock album. And now that I've gone through all their other albums, I guess I just don't know that I I love all of their music. I just know that I like some of their albums. That's where I am. I mean, really, I like, honestly, I don't like Exile that much. I just, I like no. Let It Bleed yep. the most. That's definitely my favorite one. Yep. And I like Part of Sticky Fingers. That's fair. Apart, no. apart from that. Yeah, because you didn't like Beggar's Banquet that much, did you? It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's anything crazy for me. It's all right. Did you have Street a fi- fun, man? It's not bad. Did you have Street a favorite Cat song Blues from that okay. one? I, I probably would like Street Find Man the most. Okay. I think that but, I mean, mine was Jigsaw Puzzle. I like, yeah. I like Jigsaw Puzzle quite a bit. Which one? Let's, let's play. Let's, have we played anything from Beggars? Oh, yeah. We played Simpsons for the Devil, but let's play one of them. Which one? You said Street Fight Man? Mm hmm. Let's play a little Is bit. That based that. on the video game? Should be. I remember that being a pretty good track. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't know. I I think that I'd have to probably say other than Let It Bleed, 
Mm-hmm. It's just like a it's just like a pick and choose. That's did he, right. did he in that song say the summer's here and the time is right? Yeah. For dancing in the street. I can't, I don't. <laughs> I've been wanting to bring that up the whole time, Jared. Let's do it. I mean, did he just use his own lyrics like fifteen years later? When did that? All I don't. Think, he didn't write that song. I'm not That's sure that that was it. Huh? What? What? Huh? It, Who? Dancing in the street. Yeah. That's oh. a cover. I, I, okay, but it, when did that album come out that we just listened? The, the Beggar's song? Banquet? Yeah, 1970, right? Uh, Beggar's Banquet came out, I think it was 60. It was 67. Ooh, when did Dancing in 68. the Street, the song, come out? 68, there you go. Oh, that's later, dude. That's him and Bowie in the 80s. But they covered that song, according to Cody. Yeah, but you still have to shake your head because you're like, Bowie, why? Bowie, why? I'm just saying. Talking about Bowie here in a couple weeks. Oh, boy. I can't wait. I'm pretty pumped actually about Bowie. Not to to get off topic. For hey, this time stuff is right for fighting in the street. Oh, uh, it's the same. Thus, the street fighting man. We're gonna play a little bit of "Dancing in the Street" by Dave Bowie and Mick Jagger. Cool with me. Is this the song? Just remind me. We're not gonna. We're not gonna play it because it's completely visual art. But this is the song where they cut out all the audio and it's just them dancing around. Right? You should play it. There's yeah. enough audio there. Do you make think that there one. is? Mick like Jagger is wearing some ridiculous Jerry Seinfeld goofy <laughs> green shirt with some like nonsense pants. Bowie's in a. He's just in an overcoat with his hands in his pockets, just shimmying. Because he's like, I don't know what the Mick Jagger's all over the place, and Bowie's just shimming, singing in a trench coat. Okay, <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't trust you, Dax. But this is dancing in the street without any music. I we could play this out for a while, actually, because there's there's not gonna be anything going on yet. Okay, they're dancing. <laughs> Please talk through us. Are they dancing more? Silence. Are they dancing some more? Oh, it's a wall again. Oh, in comes. <laughs> Jazzercise. Have you seen this, Jerry? Calling out around the world. Are you ready for a brand new baby? Someone's here in the top. It's right. For dancing in the street. Dancing out. <laughs> You're right, Dax. That was definitely <laughs> worth playing on this. We're going to link to this somewhere. Oh, yeah. There'll be, a, there'll be a link in the description for Dancing in the Street silent music video. Please listen to the entire thing. It needs more than 6 million views. It needs... 60. It, you know what? You know what? I'm going to... This is my statement. Uh, what is what is the, the most listened to song by the Rolling Stones? It is, in fact, <laughs> Paint It Black... 278 million listens. Of course. I want Dancing in the Street silent music video to reach 279 million views at least. We'll use our massive fan base to propel it up to the top. You watch. (laughs) 
<laughs> you watch. It'll because all of the Rolling Stones fans are going to listen to this podcast, and they're not going to turn it off in the first five minutes when I say. <laughs> so why didn't we like the Rolling Stones? <laughs> like they're right out of the popular. gate. <laughs> all the Stones fans are going to be so pumped think, about that. Do you think Sandra or uh, Dylan are going to watch this? I hope you s- send them the link. I will send them after after it's up. I'll I'll go back to the app and i'll send it to him okay i hope you do oh man okay before we move on from because we took a little detour jared or dax do you have a favorite song from beggar's banquet is it sympathy for the devil sure yeah let's go with that probably probably i'd have to look at the list so let me let me ask a question real quick yeah what's up the rolling stones have have an album called let it bleed yes and the beatles have an album called let it be which came first which came first is your question? Why did they? Who decided? I mean, why? Oh, let it let it be. Definitely came out. Wait, actually, what's a question? I missed the question. Let it be and let it bleed. Let it be came out in seventy. So let it bleed came out first. Oh, Ooh. Beatles! You rip off. Ooh, Beatles! Uh. Also, can we can we talk about the fact Let It Bleed has like a really really cool album cover? Ooh, but you know what? Let It Be was recorded before. Oh. oh, that's true, actually. I mean, they were friends. Out. They probably just told each other about what they were. That. Oh, it's a catchy name. See, Let It Be was recorded prior to Abbey Road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good that's point. True. I forgot about that. We talked about that on the Beatles Week. Go back mm-hmm. to our previous episodes and listen to the Beatles Week. I do. I, it is interesting to go back to the, their Satanic Majesty's request that they that they ripped off that. Were they friends or were they like kind of like friendly rivals? I think they were friends. Like I think they did things on each other's albums. Did they? I'm I fairly certain. I don't. Certain. So. We li- I don't, I don't, I, I don't, don't think fairly certain because we listened to enough Beatles and enough Stones that at some point we would have caught the, yeah, I didn't the connection Mick Jagger between all of a sudden. Two. Mick Jagger didn't all of a sudden sing on an Abbey Road song. But he should have. But he should have. <laughs> oh, I don't could've, know. Could have been another Dancing in the Street. So I'm looking at stuff with the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Uh, there is a... Uh, uh, Child? A small child. A child on the cover of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band wearing a Welcome the Rolling Stones shirt on, let's see, what else? The Satanic, uh, the, their Satanic Majesty. You got this. I believe in you. Say it for me. Their Satanic Majesty's request. That's a mouthful. Uh, there is actually the Beatles' faces hidden in it. Oh, really? Yeah, they're. Oh, that's a fun Where's Waldo. I told you it was a, it was a legitimate because it's based off of what was that song? Her Maj- at Her Majesty's request. There was a Beatles album. That's true. Yeah, that hidden track mm-hmm. at Her Majesty's request. Yep, that hidden track. Oh, oh, okay. oh, are you talking about hidden tracks? And then they took it and were like, okay, well, we'll turn it into a different album. Base the cover off of. I mean, they it was intentional and they hid it in there and like all that. And that's what I'm saying. I don't know if that was. I don't know if that was spiteful. I know it was like kind of spiteful. Sure. Um, I know it was publicly spiteful. Yeah. But I don't know if it was publicly spiteful for the sake of we actually have th- like a bit of a tiff here or we're just trying to be publicly spiteful to sell more albums. Yeah. You'll notice from the selections that I picked, and so there's there's some there's some boys in the middle, like Goat's Head Soup. Uh, they're just, we already talked about that. It's only rock and roll, black and blue, emotional rescue, so on and so forth. Like those are the middle band albums. But then from '83 to 2005, there were six more albums, and none of those were albums that we listened to. And I think there's a reason for that, and it's because not the Stones it. just were not worth it from '81 on. 
and they yeah. have been continuing to be a band and doing their thing. Like they did the Super Bowl in 2012. Yeah, I just uh, talked I about that at work today. That's funny. Was it 12? I, I, I feel think like it was older than that. But I can no, it was older than that. Let's I think see. it was oh six. That's my guess. I was yep, in high 2006. school. Yep, two thousand six. Boom. Oh yeah, freshman year. Oh, that, that was a really loud boom. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, it nice was two thousand six. I'm glad that you needed to explode over boom. that. Boom. That's a different. One. That was a little better. Um. So like even in like 2006 they were doing the Super Bowl but they haven't that was put a, out- that was a Super Bowl halftime show that I cared about like the least oh yeah because at that time like so they had the popular people and then the Madonna um, thing happened or no the Janet Jackson thing happened with the wardrobe malfunction yes. and then they're like all right we gotta we gotta oh nobody mentions Justin Timberlake when they talk about oh, it oh I know Just, I know poor He's boy the one had nothing to do with it He's the foul one. But anyway, so then they're like, all right, we got to step back and get, you know, kind of change it up a little bit. So then they had uh, the Stones, the Who, Bruce Springsteen, Prince. um, I think that's Tom Petty. Tom Petty. Yep. And then they went back to the popular acts. And I do enjoy. I mean, I like the Springsteen halftime show. I really like the Who one. Rolling Stones was kind of whatever. And then the Tom Petty Tom one was, Petty's good was really too. good. And Prince's was really good as well. Yeah, Prince's was really good. The point I was going to say is, and this is, I guess this is kind of a larger topic, but we'll, we'll get through it pretty quickly. They continue to release music from, so they've had albums from 64 to 2005. Oof. That is insane. They had an album that came it out. It is. I'm looking 16. at some of these other ones and it's. In 16? I don't even know. Was that a compilation that came out in 16? No, it was a blues album. Are you it was sure? An actual studio album. Are you sure? It had the tongue cover, but it was it was a blue, red, and white combo thing. Gotcha. Okay. Well, fair enough. Then they, they okay. So they've been releasing albums for a long ass time. Fifty years. Fifty years. Fifty years. Um, and then if you look at the Beatles, they were releasing albums for what seven? Mm-hmm. Seven years. Yeah. Is there there something, is there a magic to knowing when to quit? Is that maybe what really has brought down the stones in that they have taken the sound that they had that could have been a really big sound. They could have stopped. Let's let's say that they stopped the exile on Main Street and then they never released another song from then on. Maybe they had like they had their little dancing in the street that came out every once in a while. But as a group. At 72, they called it quits. They did eight years of music. And all we remember from them are those like those really well-known albums. And then we didn't have all of that filler that came from then on. Is that, yeah. is that something to consider? Is it the fact that the Beatles never put out music that we remember as like, oh, yeah, the Beatles were really good. And then after Let It Be, they just sucked. Well, they didn't really have that opportunity. They didn't. I, I don't really like your idea on that because people still like the stones and they Mm. still are continuing to release music tour all of that and it's like they they are making a living they could just sit at home and collect royalties on all these you know popular songs but they want to perform they want to see their fans and you know do all that that's commendable yeah, but that's so. What if it was the case that they were just doing live music though, and they were just performing? Uh, do you think that people would just get bored at that point? Uh, they're musicians, bored. and they want to continue to create, so they don't want yeah. to 
just do the same songs for 50 years. They want to sure. make But they're new. not really they're not really I think that the point that you make is valid for any artistic journey, I guess you could say. I think mm-hmm. at some point in an artistic thing, I think the I think what makes it good is knowing when when to quit. And it doesn't mean that you have to quit, but it means that when whatever you're doing runs its course, you know when it's done so. Um, and if it's a case that you know that it's done so, or it's starting to become, you know, quite clear by the fact that you haven't had an album in 30 years that has been critically acclaimed, mm-hmm. then is it time to call it quits, or is it time for you to so. kind of sacrifice your your legacy for what you want to do? I guess that's really the big question. Is, is I think it's time. I think it's time to call it quits, but also I don't. I think it's time to stop doing what you're doing. Right? Like. Mm-hmm. Imagine the Rolling Stones break up, but guess what? Once Mick Jagger goes and finds another musician that challenges him to do something different, you can create new things that are better than anything you would have continued to create with the Rolling Stones. That's a really good point. And that kind of goes back to the Beatles, where if you look at McCartney, he's had a career long past the Beatles, and he has, you know, for you is not exactly you know it's not potpourri by any means but at least he's challenging his music and he's doing something different he's done something different after all of this time there's a lot of artists that are that way though like um, robert plant Mm -hmm. has done music with alison krauss and it's totally different than what he's ever done and he's challenging himself and you have them crooked vultures you know like the Mm -hmm. that's a good example there's a lot of rock people that are no longer doing the groups that they were originally with or they were right yeah the lead singer of the sex pistols his group public image ltd they're another (laughs) example of that (laughs) deep deep purple uh they they uh i think the guitarist broke off and formed a renaissance band with his wife really yeah they do renaissance themed music like medieval style and like not and again, it's a it's a case that maybe that's not like your best music, but at least you're doing something different. And I guess it was one of the thing where like the Stones are just doing the same thing over and over again. And it's like right. there there's no way that they were ever going to be able to do something that was as successful or as, as enjoyable as their early music because they just there's a certain point where you just kind of out of good creative ideas. At least in the same realm of what you're doing, there has to be a point where you branch out. And I, even across the albums that we listened to, they didn't really branch out that much. And that's no, ten, it, it ten albums kind of with albums in between. It's, I mean, it, there just wasn't that much that was dynamic about it. I just felt like all the filler, all the filler was the same across every album to me. And again, I think that there was diversity coming up to those first few albums. Like from those first few albums, they were trying to find something, and then once they hit Beggar's Banquet, that's when. It was mm-hmm. a lot of good music, but that's where the I think that really it was Exile and then Some Girls and Tattoo You that were like just chock full of filler and really mm-hmm. kind of like were the sore thumbs that stood out that made it feel like those albums that came before. I think what it comes down to is listen to Beggar's Banquet, Let It Bleed, Sticky Fingers, try out Exile on Main Street. If you really enjoy those three albums, call it a day. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. So, do we have any closing thoughts? Uh, Sandra and Dylan have a couple closing thoughts. Let's give Sandra and Dylan the mic for uh, for the closing thoughts here. All right. Now, I talked to Dylan about the Beatles. Yeah. I wanted to see what he thought. Yeah. Uh, Beatles versus the Stones. Sure. Uh, his uncle uh, would play every Beatles album relentlessly. Relentlessly. Every day. Every in single a, one. In a cruel fashion. Absolutely. Uh, one day, 
he played one Stones album. And from that day on, Dylan was hooked. And by the way, I believe Dylan is not actually Dylan's name. I think Dylan is Dylan's son. Because it says Dylan97. looked at the profile picture. It is a middle-aged woman. So that's my theory. Ooh. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the stones, mm. but... So this isn't like a, a 20-year-old boy. This is like an, no. an old woman who's claiming to be Dylan. This is an older woman, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, Sandra... Right, Dylan, come clean. On this <laughs> podcast, we need you to call us somehow Dylan through 19- the Rolling Stones app. We need you to contact us. Tell us the truth. Who are you? Dylan, 1997. Tell us who you are tell us the truth you know who you are you know you're listening to this podcast <laughs> you are such a big rolling stones fan that you have an app specifically to talk to rolling stones fan they if you also- knew that there was a podcast coming out talking about rolling stones you were going to listen to it you hear me you're out there tell us the truth go ahead tyler also what's your favorite beatles album you heard them all so <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh i guess that should be the closing thought jared what, what was your favorite album out of well, hold on, we haven't heard no. from Sandra yet. Oh, yeah, we'll pause talk- from Sandra because I want her to have the last word. Okay. Favorite album of Rolling Stones that you listened to? Gotta pick one. Something had to have been an album that you were like, okay, that wasn't so bad. I don't know. You liked them that little? Some girls, I guess. Oh, wow. All right. Ooh. Tyler's getting it's got my favorite song on it. Getting, getting pumped. I don't know. You said Sticky Aftermath earlier. Or Aftermath. Which one do you think? I don't, sticky fingers, I guess. Sticky fingers as okay. a whole album. Yeah, I think so. Okay, and then me and Tyler both agree on "Let It Bleed." Yeah. Yep. And how does our 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 girl Sandra feel? I did get a follow up message from Dylan, so I want to hit that first. Go for it. Uh, Dylan said good night. <laughs> <laughs> That's his favorite Beatles album. No. Uh-oh. No. 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 Did you ask, and that was what he responded? With? No. No. They just said good night. I didn't. They responded to the last one i didn't send anything back and then they said good night oh okay as in don't talk to me anymore oh i know they didn't like you uh, sandra though sandra though i said i prefer the beatles and i wanted to give the uh opposition a chance i wanted to you know start a little argument here yeah uh she said that is normal they are very different all caps both have many many melodies they do have many many melodies and that's the uh, that's it. <laughs> that's a- <laughs> that's from Sandra. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> we have had many, many melodies today. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I've <laughs> this has been Record Roundtable. Check out our our website at recordroundtable.com. Check out our Facebook facebook.com slash recordroundtable. Uh, check us out on Spotify. Check us out on iTunes or Stitcher. You're checking us out right now if you're listening to us. This has been Caleb Robinson Pod with... Bean. Don't forget about Podbean. That you can check that out too. With Dax, Jared, and Tyler. Next week we're going to be talking about Radiohead. Radiohead, thank you so much for listening. In the words of Dylan, good night. <laughs> <laughs>